0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue our study of the Jewish people as paralleled in the life of Joseph. Today's message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org.
1: He says, "I'm Joseph." In their language, and they're like, "Wait, say, hold it! This is all too surreal." Hey, someone, did you hear what he said? Wait, what language did he just speak? He, he doesn't speak Hebrew. How, how, did, did anybody hear him say in Hebrew, I need He said, yeah, we heard him say, okay, hold it. We've got to try to process this part first. We, we thought he was Egyptian. We thought he couldn't speak Hebrew. Uh, maybe he learned it somewhere. Uh, how, he, said, he said Hebrew. That's kind of close to home. Jews speak Hebrew. Egyptians speak Egyptian. Well, okay, first point, all right. Now, what did he say when he said those Hebrew words? He said, I am Joseph. Joseph. And it all replays in their mind. All the rebellion. All the hatred. All the d- rejection. All the, all the making him disappear. All the, all the dreams. All the truths. All the bowing downs. All they need him right now. All they need him to live right now. And it's all right there. And he says, I'm Joseph. Joseph, the one that we rejected the most. Jesus. Who we don't even say the name Yeshua. We say Yeshua. Which is an acronym that says, may, may his name and his remembrance be forgotten, be blotted out. Him? He's the one. He's the only Lord God Almighty. He's the great I am. He's the one that we're standing in front of and bowing in front of right now. Can't process this, nation of Israel. Can't process this. And then his word, oh, whoa. He's Joseph. Oh, man, we're in for it now. He's Joseph. Judgment day has come. What's the next thing he said? He said something in Hebrew. What did he say? He says, Doth my father yet live? Who is this person? All we did to him? This is a time for his vengeance. He wants to know about his father living, his care, his love. That's what's on his mind? When the Lord Jesus Christ goes to to reveal himself to the nation of Israel, he's going to fight for their enemies, a fight against their enemies. He's going to destroy their enemies. He's going to save them. He's going to gather them together. He's going to rejoice over them as a bridegroom does his bride. He's going to sing for joy. He's going to be the prodigal father, prodigal son's father who's going to say, Go make Mary my son has come back to me. We're going to have a party. And they're going to say, after all we did? After we, after, with the AFL-CIO and all that other kind of stuff, or whatever they are, uh, uh, after we we, we said, no prayer in school, no no Christmas, uh, no, I forgive. He's going to say, I forgive. I love. I'm a savior. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Son of Man did God come to destroy life. He said, but to save life. I didn't come to be ministered unto, but to lay down my life, a ransom for many. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You enter in, you'll be saved. You go in and out and find pasture. That's who I am. That's who you are. Does my father yet live? That's the question. My father yet live? And then it says his brethren couldn't answer him. Nobody could say a word. They were troubled at his presence. What's that mean? Troubled at his presence. They saw him there. He's, all, he is, he's the most powerful man in Egypt. He's Joseph. There's none other. None other name that they have to bow to but Joseph. They can't answer. He's over there. It's Jesus. There's none other name. He says in Isaiah, he says, "I look on my right hand, I look on my left hand. There's no other God beside me. It's me. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. The Lord our God is one Lord. It's Him. He's the one. How could that be? You're the one. You're the one." And they're thinking about this, and they're trying to process this, and and it's all so troubling. And most important, they want to know, what's he thinking? Are we in for it now? Is it now our time for judgment? Oh, they're hanging on every word now. And it says in verse 4, And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me. Come near. Come near. What for? Anybody see a knife? Come near to me. I pray you. I pray you? I don't command you? No, I pray you. Come near to me. Tender words. Tender words. Come near to me. Come near to me. I've longed for you. I've missed you. I love you. Please, come near to me. It hurt me to be separated from you. When he comes to the Mount of Olives... To fight on behalf of Israel, whose enemies are threatening to exterminate them. He'll say, In essence, come near to me. My heart has been broken for you. It says in the Bible that all day long, God says, He has stretched forth His hands to a gainsaying and disobedient people. All day long. How long can you hold your hands out? Come near to me. I've longed for this day, He's saying to the nation of Israel. I've longed for the day. Please, I pray you, come near to me. He says that. And then he says again, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother. Two more words. Not just Ani Yosef, but now, I am Joseph, your brother. You are our brother. After all we did, you didn't disown us. After all we did, you didn't say, ah, finish with those people. Egyptian now. No. Yes, I've been in the land of Egypt for many years, but I am still Joseph, your brother. I am Jesus, King of the Jews, the Jewish Messiah. Jew? Jewish Messiah? After all those other nations? Why didn't you align yourself with the Americans or... Malawis or Eskimos Jew I'm still the Jewish Messiah I'm the king of the Jews come near to me I am Jesus your Jewish Messiah your Jewish brother Then he says something I am jo- I am Joseph your brother whom you sold into Egypt Oh he didn't forget it's not a bygone no no I know I know what happened I remember I'm still your brother. You sold me into Egypt. I know that. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. He knows. He remembers. It's still in his mind. Yet he still forgives. He's still still willing to, to say, come near, that we could be together as a family. But he says, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. He's that type of person? How can this be? Levi, Simeon, what do you guys think? Remember what they did to our, 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 our sister and how you went and killed all the people in Shechem? Look what he's saying. We sold him into Egypt. He's still our brother. He wants us to come near. And they're all just, I am Jesus whom you crucified. I am Jesus whom you turned over to the Romans for me to be crucified. I am Jesus whom you crucified. Come near to me. After what we did, what kind of God is this? What love is this? Then he says, Now therefore, Joseph speaking, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. What's this perspective he's talking about? He's saying, we made this huge mistake. And we not even a mistake, a sin. It was horrible. It was a chet. And, 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 we, and, and, and we and we and we and we sold them into Egypt. We wanted to kill him, He heard us discussing everything. He sold them into Egypt. It was all of our sin. And Judah, you you spoke for us all when you said we don't have anything to say. We don't know what to do. He says God has found out the iniquity of us. He says we're just covered in sin. And it says, and, and but now he's talking about God did something here through us, through all the things that we did wrong. He says, he's, and, the, and he's saying, don't be angry with yourselves and don't be grieved with yourselves. Yeah, you sold me hither, but God did something great through it because if you d- because you did that then i got into the position i'm in and now i'm in the position of life to pre- position in this world to preserve life from starvation because not just your life but the lives of all those in the world who are coming to me right now who i'm selling grain to god used you don't be angry and grieve with yourselves to put me in this position so that i can preserve life thank god Repent of your sin, but thank God for how he took your anger and your grief and turned it around to be a great blessing. That's the greatness of God. We're going to see what the response is a little bit later. But basically, I'll just give it to you in a nutshell. They're going to be, let's say, mournful, self-condemning, a pain in their heart among Israel, like unbelievable. And these same words are going to mean so much to them. They're going to take this Bible. They're going to take this book of Genesis. They're going to take this this history of of Joseph. And they're going to hear God speak to them. Don't be angry with yourselves that you crucified me, sold me hither. Don't be angry for God did send me. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to say, God did send me before you to preserve life. Life. God is a God of life. It's all about life. He breathed into Adam, after he created Adam, it says the spirit of God breathed into man, the breath of life. God is about life. God is not about death. God gives life to man when man sins and puts himself in death. Then God comes and wants to give another life, an eternal life. He wants man to live forever. He doesn't doesn't take pleasure in the judgment. It's all life, life, life. And Joseph understands that. And he says, I'm all about life. That's my role. Why do you think I'm in this position? I'm not in this position so that I can enjoy the the, the honor of being in this great authority position. I'm here with responsibility. My responsibility is to preserve life. I knew that famine was coming. It was going to bring death. I put all that food in those those, uh, storehouses for all this time, not just to store it up there so that I could give it out so I could preserve life. And now your life also, the life of all these Egyptians and other nations who've come to me have been preserved. Now it's your turn to receive life from Joseph, the life giver. All these other nations all over the world. I was in Ghana, I was in Ethiopia, I was in the Philippines. I saw many, many of these people, farthest thing you can imagine from somebody looking Jewish, but they have life. They have life from the life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's a life giver. He's a lifesaver. He's a life preserver. He gives eternal life, because God is life. That's why the Jews wear the chai around their necks. It's life. It means life. That's what it's all about. Life, life, life. And God says, life, life, life. The devil, death. Satan, death. God, life. And then he says, and then Joseph says, For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years. It's a rough time coming. Five years in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me, Joseph speaking, God sent me before you to preserve a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. A great deliverance. Yes, I'm Jesus whom you crucified. But God sent me to that cross It says in Isaiah 53, It pleased God to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, so that you could make his soul an offering for sin. Your heart could live forever, it says in Psalm 22. The the last verse in Psalm 23, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Life. Yes, crucifixion. But God, through that crucifixion, sent The Lord Jesus Christ sent the Jewish Messiah before you, nation of Israel, before you, Jewish people, to preserve you a posterity in the earth. Your enemies want to kill you, yes, but God wants to give you a posterity in the earth. And to save your lives by how? A great deliverance. A great deliverance. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? What salvation? That the God himself became a man, died on a cross, took your sins upon him, died for you to deliver you from your sins. Abraham took his son Isaac. They walked up there. God told Abraham, sacrifice your only son. Sacrifice Isaac, whom thou lovest. He gets up there. Isaac says to him, Father, here's here's the fire. Here's the wood. Here's the knife. Where's the lamb? Father, where's the lamb? Abraham says, God himself will provide a lamb. God himself will be the lamb. God himself will be the lamb. They get up to to Mount Moriah. There's no lamb. He ties up Isaac. Isaac Isaac is a strong boy. Abraham's over 90 years old. He could have flung him down the mountain. He doesn't. He submits. He says, I see in my father Abraham the faith. I will submit willingly to this sacrifice. I will be the sacrifice, Father Abraham. He's getting ready to slay him. He's got his knife up in his hand. He's going to come down. The angel of the Lord holds his hand and says, Wait, Abraham. He lifts up his eyes. He looks afar off, probably in the direction of, uh, of there. Probably in the direction of Mount Moriah, right there. And he sees a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Caught, His horns are caught in thorns. When the Lord Jesus Christ was on the cross... At that place, his his head was surrounded by a crown of thorns. The ram was caught with thorns. And God said, that's your your sacrifice. And they took that sacrifice. Abraham and Isaac took that sacrifice, and they sacrificed the God-provided sacrifice. And what the Lord Jesus Christ is going to say is that God, by a great deliverance, a great deliverance, I became the sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ says, I became the sacrifice for a great deliverance for you. Then Joseph said, So now it was not you that sent me hither. I don't want you to think that. It was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh, and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land, Of Egypt. I know what you did. I am Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Get your eyes above that. Repent of what you did and understand that God did it through you or used your sin in order to bring about a great deliverance. You see that because when you see God and you see what he did and you see the heart that he has and you see how much he wants to forgive you and you see that his whole desire was to save you from death. Then you'll be able to deal with this, and you'll be able to fall on your knees and say, I'm nothing, God's everything. You'll be able to be happy. You'll be able to find purpose in life. You'll be able to to be freed from yourself. You'll be able to say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, but I'm in love with the God who saved me by His grace. He says that. The same thing's going to happen over in Israel. Yes, 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 I am Jesus whom you crucified, but you hold on to Isaiah 53 where it says, It pleased the Father, to bruise him. This was in the, the, the determinate foreknowledge of God that I should be slain on a tree for your sins. Repent of your sin. Yes, stop with yourself and start with God who made this all such a wonderful, great deliverance. Then he says, then Joseph says, All right, now that we got that all settled out, in verse 9 he says, Hasty, hurry up. Go up to my father, and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, and tarry not. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me. Thou and all thy children, thou and thy children, and thy children's children, thy flocks, thy herds, and all that thou hast. And there will I nourish thee, for yet there are five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. And behold, your eyes see in the eyes of my brother Benjamin, it's my mouth that speaks with you. And you'll tell my father of all my glory in Egypt, and all that you've seen. And you'll make haste, and you'll bring down my father hither, And then it says, and he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brethren. He kissed all his brethren. I don't know. Grabbed them, got right on the, the neck and kissed them. Each one. Judas also. Levi, Simeon, in addition. He kissed each one, and he wept. And Joseph wept upon his neck. And he kissed them. And after that, the Bible says, his brethren talked with him. After that, his brother talked with him. You know why? At that point, they were convinced he was not holding it against them. He had forgiven them. And after that, they had a relationship. Because forgiveness had taken place. Until anybody, until the Jewish people come to a place where they ask forgiveness for their sin and acknowledge it. And where they receive the Yom Kippur, the eternal Yom Kippur, the atonement for their sins. They receive the forgiveness of their sins once and for all because of the great sacrifice that was made on their behalf. After that, anybody, the Jewish people, can speak to God And talk with him because they know now there's nothing between all of it has been dealt with all of it has been paid for all of it has been forgiven all of it is gone and god says i'll take all your sin and i'll cast it behind my back i'll throw it in the depths of the sea i will remember it no more i'll separate it as far as the east is from the west i will not hold it in front of you I will not keep a record of it. I will not repeat it to you. I will not turn on that cassette recorder and start playing all your standards. Do you remember any of this? I will not do it. Because I will forgive. And when I forgive, I can't even remember.
0: Tom, you stated what a surprise it was for the brothers to realize that the powerful ruler in front of them was their own brother. What is it really like when a Jewish person is confronted and recognizes that the Lord Jesus Christ is God, as in the Lord God Almighty? It's just an earthquake. It rocks your foundations. Everything you've been
1: taught as a Jewish person, you've been taught how to despise his name. You've been taught how to reject him. You've been taught he's not for the Jews, he's for the Gentiles along with the concept of hell and, and, and ham sandwiches. You've been taught all of that is not for you. And now all of a sudden you come to realize that, there, that, that, that the only Lord God that there is, is him, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly what happened to the brothers of Joseph. And they went through an earthquake. Their foundation was rocked. And that's what it means when it talks about in Zechariah twelve ten what will happen to the Jewish people. Because he, the great I, says, and I... The Lord God is speaking. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication. So they're going to pray with all their heart. And they shall look upon me. This is the same one who's pouring upon them the spirit of grace and supplications. He says, they'll look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. There is no sorrow like the death of the firstborn son. Nothing can compare to the tsuros, the, 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 the heart pain that comes with the death of a firstborn. And it's going to be worse than that. When they look on him, on the Lord Jesus Christ, and realized we pierced him, we killed him. He's more valuable to us than our firstborn son, and we killed him. And it says they're going to be in bitterness. Uh, 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 it's, that's the earthquake. That's what rocks the soul, and that's what they're going to experience, just like Joseph's brothers
0: experienced it. Tom, I've also always been impressed with how the account of Joseph is much about forgiveness. How does that apply for us today?
1: Well, there's a great verse, very simple. This verse really got to me before I was a believer. My, our, 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 our housekeeper, May, who was both a housekeeper for my mother and my father, even though they were divorced, she wrote me a letter when I was in college. And it was so strange because as I opened up the envelope, there was a piece of paper in there with just three words, and it was a quote from this verse in 1 John 4 eight. and the three words were, God is love. And I didn't understand what it meant, but I loved it. And so I put it up, I remember, on my light over my desk at college. You know, this is the description of who God is. God is love. And what is Love. Or this is friendship. We're talking about friendship with God. This is what friendship is. The definition of your best friend is the person who knows the worst about you and loves you all the same, and that friend is God. And so it says in Psalm 32, 1 through 2, Blessed, or very happy, is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not Iniquity and in whom and in whose spirit there is no guile. You know what's the greatest expression that love of love that God has? He forgives our sins, He forgives our iniquities. How does He do it? He covers it with what does He cover it with His blood, with His own blood. That's love.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Tomorrow. Tom Cantor will continue our study of the Jewish people as seen in the life of Joseph. If you'd like to learn more about Tom Cantor or Israel Restoration Ministries, visit friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 1-800-247-3051 or find us on Facebook or send an email to tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Thank you for listening today and join us again tomorrow at this same time.